morning. Welcome to Grace Covenant Church. My name is Jared Green. I'm privileged to share our sermon this morning as Pastor Brett is out for the month getting some well-deserved rest and relaxation and recovery. Thank God for our leader. Over the last three weeks, Pastor Brett has been taking us through our mission as a church. In order to be in a church, in order to be a part of a church, in order to be aligned with the church, you need to know the church's mission. So I'm not going to ask any of you all to come up here and share the mission as if you have remembered it. Um, But I want to uh, just remind us that that the mission of Grace Covenant Church is to encounter Christ. If we don't start with an encounter, we can't do anything. And so when we encounter Christ, we experience community, not just any community, but a community of believers who have encountered Christ. We know what we used to be, and we know who we are today, and we know where God is taking us. And then lastly, extending the kingdom, being the hands and feet of Jesus and doing what we are called to do, but more importantly, being who God has called us to be. That is our mission Make sure that you remember that so that you can really say, this is my house. Now, for those of you who are new here, we hope that you feel a a, a tugging to say, you know what, that is my mission. Whether it's you joining this church or whether it's just your mission in life to encounter Christ and to experience community wherever that is and then to extend God's kingdom. Either way, we believe that that's what God, God has called us to do. And so that's the mission. Now. We're, we're, we're leaving that place, even though we're staying in that place here, we're leaving that place uh, from a sermon standpoint and getting into the values, the core values of this church. Do we know the core values in the church? Why are they core values? What are they? Lordship, discipleship, evangelism, family, leadership development, these things, you will see the DNA of these things in everything that we do. And we're being intentional about these things so that we can be all that God has called us to be. We have these values, and these values push us through our mission. And so putting these things together, we are Grace Covenant Church. Thank God that we have some good mission, a good mission and some good values, right? Well, today we're going to focus on lordship. Today's sermon title is is titled uh, Lordship, God's Love Language. God's Love Language. We've read the book before. And we understand that language is not just about verbal communication, but there's a whole lot of facets. And so we're, we're going to see lordship as a demonstration of God's love for us and how we respond to that love. That being said, Jesus is Lord. Amen. Jesus is Lord. Okay. All right. Peter said in Acts chapter 2, 36, let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Lord means master. When we acknowledge Jesus as our Lord, we relinquish control because we, mainly me, especially me, Jared Green, are not worthy or equipped to be in that position. You don't want me to be the Lord. Amen. We humble ourselves and say, not our will, but yours be done, Lord. Because he is either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. The word Lord is mentioned 616 times in the New Testament, while the Lord Savior is only mentioned 24 times in the New Testament. Why is that? I believe God intentionally emphasized lordship in order for us to see it as a fundamental principle or core value of the faith. 
because, and I'm not messing up when I say this word, everybody, everybody wants to be saved, but not everybody wants Jesus to be the Lord of their life. You can write that in your note. Everybody is U-U-R-R body. <laughs> you just put that in the note and put an asterisk next to it. So what does it mean for God to be the Lord over our lives? The starting point of our salvation is the acknowledgement of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. When his spirit intervenes, arrests our hearts, we respond by saying, I thought I was in control. I thought I had it all together. I thought I had a plan, but surely you are Lord and I will submit to your ways. I will follow you. From that starting point, we find salvation. If we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you must believe that and you will be saved. Let's turn our books over to Ephesians, our Bibles over to Ephesians. Chapter 6, verse 24. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 24. Got a big, long scripture for us today. So let's read verse 24 together. Ready? Ready? Here we go. Grace be with all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ with incorruptible love. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Emmanuel. God with us. You didn't have to come down, but you did. Because you love us. You stood in the gap for us. You lived the life that we should have lived, but we didn't. Because we were born to sin. You died the death we deserve to die. Because Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin are death. Lord, you rose from the grave. And when you rose from the grave, you, you proved that you were the son of God, but you also offered salvation for all who will repent and believe. Lord, for that reality, we call you Lord. And we thank you for what you've done, more importantly, who you are. And we will bless the Lord. Help us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Lordship begins in our hearts. Lordship is the manifestation of outward obedience following an inward submission, love. When we realize our depravity and our desperate need for his love, we cry out to him in surrender, asking him, take over, be Lord over my life. Three things I want to share with you today. First, the included benefits of lordship. How many of us were raised in the church and you thought the lordship meant slavery? Oh, man, I got to. I got to do this, I got to do that. Oh, I can't wear this. Don't let the, the skirt be too short. You know what I'm talking about, some churches. Don't wear the makeup, right? Make sure you're in your seat. Don't chew bubble gum. That was one for my, my personal ones. Don't chew bubble gum. Get my hand slapped by the church moms. Whatever it was, you felt that you had to do these things in order for God to be Lord over your life. Now, some of that is true. We are to act a certain way because God is an orderly God. But at the same time, the question is, where is it coming from? Is it coming from compulsion? Is it coming from religious obligation? Or is it coming from a love? A love. See, lordship is not rules and regulations. Love, we get, lordship, we get to do. We get to participate in lordship. And we get to obey because he's been so good. And he is so good. Included benefits. Secondly, we'll talk about in, the invitation to his love. We've been invited. We've been grafted in. Thirdly, the incorruptible bond. 
breaking up these three words, grace, love, and incorruptible. Lordship without love becomes legalism. Revelation 2 tells us that the church of Ephesus succeeded in just about everything but maintaining their first love. Love is not based on works. Rather, our works are based on our love for God. Included benefits of lordship, the cost. In order to receive the benefits, there must be some sort of cost. And for us, we understand that we were not good, that we were hellbound, that we were wicked. Do you feel me? All it takes is for you to leave church right now and for somebody in this very church to cut you off on 28 and you will be reminded of just how wicked you were. You were, you were, you were, were. Let's just keep saying that word, how far we've come. But that wickedness is what we came from. And so because of that, we lay it all down and we know how good God is. Because if you don't know the bad news, then you can't really celebrate the good news. The gospel is the good news. But the good news isn't that good if you don't know how bad it was. See, the bad news was that we had no hope. We had no help. We had no destination of any help or any good place being that we lived in sin. And so we were hell bound. That's the bad news. The good news is that Jesus came in and intervened. Paul was talking to the church of Ephesus, and this was a wild church. Oh, my goodness. They were wild. Now, it's not like I can say that Americans were not wild because this is crazy. Oh, my gosh. But I can say this, that the church of Ephesus, they had sorcerers, magicians, all these different people that were doing a whole lot of weird things. But the power of God came in in Paul's third missionary journey. And when he came into Ephesus, he started to preach this gospel. And this gospel started to change things. It started to change the culture. It started to change society. It started to to change the workplace. As a matter of fact, there was a silversmith named Demetrius, and that brother was out of a job because of Jesus. Seriously. Because he was to make the idols. And folks were throwing those idols on the ground, saying, Jesus, be Lord of my life. So what do you do when you're making idols and and now you don't have any work? You go out and start a riot. And so this riot happened. This is a true story. This riot happened, and we see the church being birthed out of all of this craziness. But in the midst of the craziness, Jesus is king. Jesus is Lord. And so for us, we see how far these people had come. So when the church of Ephesus was receiving the word from Paul, they looked inwardly. That was the first place to look. Many times in the church, we start to look elsewhere. You might be in this room right now thinking, man, this word would be good for my son if he would have woke up and came to church today. (laughs) No, this word is for you. (laughs) I got a cousin I got to send this to. I need to tweet this to somebody. No, put your phone down. Pay attention. This word is for you. (laughs) That's how we act in the church, right? Man, this is good. Somebody needs this. No, that's somebody's you. (laughs) That's somebody's you. (laughs) The converts at Ephesus were not mere churchgoers due to religious obligation. They had been transformed by the power of God. Lordship became their response to their experience. How have you experienced God? What was that like? Everything that's good comes from God. And it will cost your everything, which you think is everything, to receive the good that he has for you. Transformation comes by the renewing of our minds, Paul says in Romans 12. 
So I broke that scripture down. I was studying that. And I said, what does it mean to be transformed by the renewing of our mind? So I looked up renewing. What is renewing about? Renewing is restoring something to its original intent before interruption. So what that means, what I believe it means in the, in the word of God is that when I'm renewing my mind, my mind is actually going back to the original place, which is the original intent, Eden, where intimacy with God was, was what the rule of the day was. And so no longer do I live for performance, I live for the presence of God. And so it's not about what I do. It's not about how I look. It's about being in the presence of God, submitting myself to him. So as I'm renewing my mind by the Holy Spirit, because I can't do it alone, I'm surrendering. He's going in and he's making a new way, a new me. And from that place, I'm transformed. And so now my body follows my mind. My mind was transformed by the Spirit of God. From that place, I discover lordship because now I have a new taste. I have new wants. The old things aren't good to me like they used to be. From there, we find the blessings. We all want the blessings, right? We all want the benefits. Paul says, grace be to you. Grace be with us. Grace be to Grace Covenant Church. Favor, blessings, and credit. Favor. We didn't deserve it. See, there's a difference between mercy and grace. We have to remember this. Mercy is that pardon. We deserve something bad for the bad that we had done. Whereas grace is unmerited favor, we receive something that we don't deserve. And so when we walk into this life, instead of looking at all of these things and calling blessings things, we can be blessed by things, but things are not the blessing. We don't worship the gifts, we worship the gift giver. And so from that place, I'm empowered to prosper. That's what it means to be blessed, empowered to prosper. I'm empowered by God, and God prospers my soul. It's not just about my bank account. It's not just about my relationships. It's not about my house. And that grace, those fa- that favor, those blessings, that goodness comes from God. And that's benefit. Those are benefits that you can't work for. It comes with the program. Don't you hate it when batteries aren't included? I've got kids, all three of them, they get toys. And then I gotta go back to the store. Someone dropped the gift off to my house. That's the whole point. I wasn't supposed to leave the house. Now I gotta go to Exxon and get some batteries. It wasn't included. So I had to, after receiving something, I had to go work to get my blessing. Y'all feel where I'm going with this? Not, not, Not in the kingdom, not in the kingdom. See, it's all included. And so you get the gift. You get the gift, the power of God, transformation, a renewed mind. And from that place, you don't say, oh, now I need a blessing. Now I need some. No, it's in there. You just got to go to the bottom of the bag. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You know, when we were kids, I'm still a kid, but when we were kid kids, you would go under and go deep down in that bag because you thought there was more in there, right? And then you're like, oh, man, ain't nothing in there. You open a card up, you start to shaking it. I know there's a dollar or two in here somewhere. Can't find it. Well, there's something in this bag. The Holy Spirit is giving you more than you can, than you can even imagine. He's blessed us. 
Let me share with you this scripture, Psalm 112, 1 through 4. This is what I pray over my children every night. And these are the blessings. It's promised to us. Praise the Lord. How blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Light arises in the darkness for the upright. This is, these blessings are here. Now you just have to receive them. You just have to receive them. Open your heart. Trust God. Then there's an invitation to his love. Pastor David Hermes broke love down in this acronym as we're sticking to the love languages. What does God's love look like? L for listen, because we have to listen to God. Faith comes by hearing. I'll get into that in a second. And then O is to obey. We have to obey God for him to be Lord of our lives. V, we have to value God. And valuing God is different than just saying that he is God. You know, the, the demons believe that he's God. Valuing says I'm savoring him. He's, he's sweet to me. I love him. Therefore, the E is in joy. And I enjoy God. As a matter of fact, I enjoy lordship. As a matter of fact, I enjoy correction. As a matter of fact, I enjoy all of the things that come with God being God. I don't pick and choose. By the way, don't pick and choose what scriptures you want to follow. This whole word is the word. And this word is true. And it's living and active. Don't pick and part. This, this isn't a buffet this isn't a buffet. Try not to laugh. <laughs> okay. Listen, John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Psalm 46, 10, be still or cease your striving. Stop working and know that I'm God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Align with his will in order to find your assignment, which God has all given us a call directly to our life. First and foremost, we're called to make disciples. If you're not preaching this gospel, if you're not reaching people, if you think it's only supposed to happen up here, you're wrong. You got neighbors waiting on you. You got people serving you at, at, at the restaurant and you see them and you're like, oh, I feel like I should pray, but I ain't going to do it. You feel that feeling when your palms get sweaty, your knees are weak, your arms are heavy. I just want to see where y'all were today. Oh, man. <laughs> Follow him. Align with his will. Try to overcome that last statement. Align with his will. We must hear his will over ours. I know what you want. I know what I want. But what does God want? I know what they're saying. I know what I'm saying. But what is God saying? Guess what? The only way to hear that is to be still, to be quiet to shut out. We must yield our hearts and tune our ears to him. Unplug and get uncomfortable. What does unplug mean? It means turn the TV off. It means take out all those earbuds and earplugs and headphones. That means stop watching everybody, else, uh, everybody else's life. You know, we watch celebrities. Isn't that weird? They live and then we watch them live. <laughs> I stopped watching that because I'm supposed to be living right now. I'm over here watching them living. He's taking out the trash. I'm supposed to be taking my own trash out. I'm not watching that guy no more. <laughs> unplug, unplug, and get uncomfortable. You know what uncomfortable looks like? 
Uncomfortable looks like setting your alarm 4.45 in the morning saying, I I haven't found any other time to get with the Lord and and really get with the Lord for an hour, so I'm going to just start my day a little early. I'm uncomfortable. But I promise you this, the more uncomfortable you get, the more comforted you will be by the Holy Spirit. Oh, obey him. When we obey, God is magnified and we are satisfied. He's magnified and we are satisfied. Any other satisfaction is not real satisfaction. It's momentary. I'm talking about fulfillment. Everything the Lord commands us to do is for our good. Lordship is not this thing where I just have to do what he says do because he's mean, he's harsh, and he makes me do these things. No, I do what he says do because he's got a better, better vision, a better, better plan for my life. He's in control, and I know he's working things out for my good. That's why I obey. More so than that, I obey because he is God, and I'm just me. The people of Ephesus did not burn their books and break their idols because they had to. They did so because they wanted to. Luke 6, 46, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but you don't do what I say? Have you been there before? Because I have. I mean, everybody in church thinks you've got it going on. You're fresh to death. You're early. You got the best greeter smile. When you, been, when you lean forward, it's like they feel you a little bit more. All that while, all that while, you're not living right. All that while. Don't let them ask you to pray. Don't let them ask you to turn to a scripture. Oh, shoot. I don't know where we at. We love that Pastor Brett stays in the Gospels. Okay, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. We could do that. Don't go Old Testament on me, Pastor Brett. Why do you say that you love me, but your actions are in contradiction to me in our relationship? That's what Jesus is saying. We must obey him. Obedience brings freedom. We value God because we know just how good he is. Now, we know on a scale of what we know, but he's much greater and much better than we can even imagine. Matthew 13, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. What do we value? Since the beginning of time, relationships have been built on value. There is a constant exchange of value happening between us and between us and God. He values us and we add value. And we value what he gives and who he is and that's why we worship. This is the cycle. God wants to add value to us. And we ought to respond well by valuing him and finding our value in him. That means not finding your value in what you do. Because who you are will take you much farther than what you do. But who you are will only take you as far as where you are. And when I mean where, I don't mean location. I mean finding yourself hidden in Christ. And so the more I find my identity in Christ, I live from that place of identity, from that place of purpose, from that place of power. So it doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter if my bank account's looking funny. It doesn't matter if I lose my job. It doesn't matter if I don't have the, the coolest clothes or if I don't have the newest car, if I don't have the upgrade. It doesn't matter if I don't have the new iPhone. It's going to be another one next year anyway. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because I find myself in him and I live from that place instead of for everybody else. (laughs) 
Where our treasure is, there too our heart will be. Lastly, enjoy. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. What do you enjoy? What satisfies you? What is receiving the most of your worship? Because we're created to worship and we will worship regardless of what we are worshiping. The church of Ephesus was worshiping a thing, a goddess, Artemis, and they were worshiping that thing because they were designed to worship. They just had had been misdirected. And so it took the Holy Spirit to transform them and then they found out what they were supposed to, the, the initial intent of their worship was supposed to be. So I ask you, Oh, football fan. Today, you're going to jump out of your chair. And you're going to go like this. Ladies, when the beehive comes in town, and all the single ladies start singing, you're going to put your hands up like this and bend your knees. You're holy, so you're not going to bend any lower than this. You bet not, as my grandma would say. (laughs) But why is it, whether sports or entertainment, that we naturally put our hands up? This is a sign of surrender. I'm not surrendering to any player. I don't care how many Super Bowls you won. I'm not surrendering myself to any artist, any musician. I'm going to enjoy the game and be cool. Now, it's okay if you do put your hands up because that's just natural, just as long as you're not afraid to put your hands up in here. Uh Uh-oh. Because that favorite artist, that favorite athlete, that favorite team, that paycheck, that raise, didn't give you everlasting life, eternal life. And one day, all of those things will mean very little to you. There are things that don't satisfy the soul or spirit that are material in nature and very enticing. They may satisfy, but they do not bring fulfillment. That's why you keep needing them over and over and over again. You need to fill that void. But God doesn't go anywhere. Things like money, relationships, professional pursuits, those things will not keep you in that place, that peace that surpasses all understanding, they won't do it for you. True enjoyment fulfills his word, his work, and his spirit. When you listen to the word of God, when you eat that word, you will never hunger again. When you fall in line with his work, you will never look for any other type of work. Matter of fact, the work that you do professionally will just be a reflection of the work that he's done in you. Therefore, you'll be a light at your workplace. And his spirit, keep his spirit in, your, in you. Love him, live for him. Lastly, incorruptible bond. Those who love him with an incorruptible bond. Well, you can't have an incorruptible bond unless that incorruptible bond was offered to you first. God has the authority. And so it's a privilege to worship the Lord. It's a privilege to have him as the Lord over our lives because he gave us the opportunity to worship him. He has the authority. Lordship is not what we do. It's a lifestyle. 
And it's a lifestyle because of what he has done and who he is. He owns everything. He, owns the, he has the authority. He owns it. Why? Because he rules over sin. Sin cannot hold him. Over shame. So don't allow the pain from your past. Your past is not your prison. It's your platform. Over death. Meaning that you will not, if you love Jesus and you've accepted him into your heart, death no longer has its sting. Amen. Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Because of God's authority and because of his promise, we now can live a life of blessing, Freedom, comfort, joy, true fulfillment. You know what's even better than that? Just to take it to another level. Yes, we know he's Lord. Yes, we know he's over us. He reigns. But he also came into the picture. And now he's with us. He's not just over us. He's over us and he's with us. Jesus said in Matthew 28, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He is with you. Legalism will make you think, I got to work my way back up to this good union with God. But God is pulling you out of that deep, dark place. He's right there with you. He will never leave you, nor will he forsake you. As a matter of fact, he goes before you. So how should we respond to this? Our response is repentance, acceptance, and love. Repent. Turn from our wicked ways, understand just how, as my father would say, jacked up you are. Turning from that place, surrendering, and then the acceptance, accepting Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and your Savior. It's not just that he saved me, it's who he is and I will continue to worship. And lastly, to love. And I will continue to love and that love will not be broken. My love is true for him because it was, his was true for me, and I will give him my life. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your power. We thank you for being Lord of all. And Lord, in this very hour, we repent for not allowing you to be Lord over everything in our lives. Our finances, our relationships, Lord, help us to trust you with all of the things that we have with all of our decisions, with all of our relationships, with all of our hopes and dreams. Lord, bless us, Jesus. Help us to be your chosen people, called to be set apart and different so that we can glorify you.